welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life. I am your host, Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Thursday, September 10th. 2020 happy football day here in america that's right the nfl is kicking off tonight uh we had our patron draft yesterday which man i was uh in the middle of work in some chaos happening and we thought the draft was going to be i'm talking about our fantasy draft thought the fantasy draft was going to be an auto draft well of course it turned into having us draft for real and my team is kind of a train wreck we'll see how it goes uh i ended up without a tight end which sucks so i i hopefully will be able to get one this weekend and have somebody to start on sunday the way things are rolling uh i'm assuming it's going to allow me to do that uh but either way we're gonna have a lot of fun there in fantasy so if you play some fantasy football hopefully your teams are good you're ready to go and um Hey, we're, this is a non-money league, so we're just in this for the fun. That's how I've always really done fantasy football. Actually, years ago, I was in like a, a pay fantasy league, but it was actually a salary cap league, so everybody could technically have the same players if you wanted. It was just about kind of spending the money for the players, and uh, if you're not familiar with those leagues, pretty much the players go up in value as the weeks go on, depending on how they're doing, so sometimes you can carry a player for a while. If they're doing great, you can sell them for a lot of money to then maybe buy two good players that are better. So, hey, enough about fantasy football. That's not what we're here to talk about. But quick quick housekeeping here before we get rolling. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Turk. That's M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. Or, of course, you can email the show at theenthuselife at gmail.com. Well, let's kick it off today with Microsoft finally, finally announcing the price point and the release date of the Xbox Series X. Of course, we did have the Series S leak two days ago. And now we have the X, which will be coming in at a hot price of $499 and launching, of course, side-by-side with the Series S on November 10th. So, here's your move now, Sony. We're getting, we got some details on the Series X when you kind of look at everything that's there. Um, You know, the CPU of the S, I believe, is even on par with the PlayStation 5. And if you remember, the Series S is only $300. So... Xbox just being super, super aggressive with their pricing with these products. Now, again, the argument could be where what are the um, exclusives for the Xbox? I mean, that's kind of the argument you keep saying, seeing people say is like, what are what am I going to be playing on this thing on day one? Of course, Microsoft's answer is if you don't want to make the jump, you don't need to. A lot of our games you can still continue to play on your Xbox One or on your PC that you have now, but The big hook with Xbox, of course, is in Game Pass and that you're getting all those games. Now, they're also going to do the uh, payment plan, which uh, I might have talked about this before. That's actually how I got my Xbox X, my Xbox One X, was I did kind of the payment plan where it was, I believe it was either 30 or 35 a month, got me the console as well as Game Pass Ultimate for, I think it was 30 bucks a month. It was like for two years of doing that. And at the time, to get that, you had to go to a Microsoft store. So we have one here in Charlotte, so I had to go to the store. And essentially, what I was doing was signing up. I think it was a Dell credit card that you were signing up with, or it was some some credit card is really what you were doing um, at 0% interest for two years. And so they kind of bundled it in. And, you know, in the end, when you step back and look at it, it was like you're still spending like $800 or whatever it was. Uh, But it was really you were getting... Ultimate, I even might have got another an extra controller, like just kind of the way it all, all was planned out. Now, with this, I don't know if we have the details on the payment plan. What they're saying is it's basically $34.99 for the Series X, 
$24.99 for the Series S, and again for 24 months. Gets you the console and Game Pass Ultimate. In the end, when you step back and look at it that way, if you think of it as if kind of how you pay for a phone, not really that bad. There's no down payment. It says there's no upfront cost. So if you could get basically to next gen, if you're someone looking to get an Xbox, 35 bucks. I mean, that's not really bad in the end. I mean, in the end, you of course, you are spending... Um, I think just a little bit more than you would be spending, but for the convenience of not having to shell out all that cash, it's not really that bad, right? You know, I mean, it's almost one of those things where, you know, you kind of look at like, okay, well, do I dump the cash on on a PS5 and then get one of these? And, and it's funny, you know, you think about it like you could just go out and get a credit card to do this, right? Go get a Best Buy card, go get a Walmart credit card. Like you could just do that. But when you see it kind of worded this way, it just makes it seem more enticing, right to do that so I, i'm really gonna be interested to see if anybody or how many people actually go that route so if you are listening to this and you are planning on doing that let me know again email me the enthuslife at gmail.com or hit me up on twitter i would love to know if your thoughts are to do the payment plan rather than jump in and do just the dump the dump payment you know i, I could see if maybe you didn't already have game pass that might be enticing like in, in Many people's cases, we already have Game Pass. Like, I think my Game Pass goes to like 2022 or something like that. So, for me, this would just be crazy. Like, it, I mean, I guess it would almost make sense because it would future proof my Game Pass purchase uh, for an extra two years, but it just wouldn't make sense for me to do that. So, but uh, yeah, so we are getting here to the next gen, folks. I mean, right now, I guess the biggest question is Sony, where are you? I guess yesterday was the 25th anniversary, I think, of the original PlayStation launching. You think, you think that would have been the day, right? At least put things out. I mean, hell, we know now September 22nd is the day the pre-order start on these Xboxes. You think Sony could have just quickly just said, nope, ours are starting today. Boom. Yeah, like, really, like it wouldn't surprise me if Sony tries to at least beat that pre-order date. I mean, that's 12 days away as we're recording this right now. If they were smart, they would do that. Kind of make it an impulse buy for people, an impulse pre-order, and try to jump the gun on people spending money on the Xbox because suddenly when suddenly the PlayStation is available first, you may make that jump before you go ahead and make that Xbox jump. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Now, the other thing, too, that Microsoft did yesterday that was uh, pretty surprising, I mean, I didn't expect this at all, especially on EA's part, is they're now adding EA Play, which is formerly known as EA Access, to Xbox Game Pass. So, you ha again, you have to have a Game Pass Ultimate uh, subscription, which is the one that I think is 15 bucks a month. But you now are going to get EA Access, or EA Play as it's called now, added to that subscription. There's over 60 EA games, if not more, on there. So we're talking all the Mass Effects, Dragon Age, I mean, FIFA, Madden, uh, all the NHL, all those sports games going back years, all are in that service. The Sims, Star Wars games, like there is so, Anthem. There, I mean, there's so many games when you step back and look at those EA games that are in there. Now we're just included with Game Pass coming very soon. I, I forget what the date is that that's being included. It might already be there already, but it's going to be a part of that service now. And the fact that that's even going to be available on PC. EA Play now is being added to Steam. So basically, you link your Steam account, you can play those games through Steam. Um, before, of course, EA Play was only through Origin, but now that you can start playing those through Steam, with just having a Game Pass Ultimate subscription, the value of Game Pass right there just literally doubled, completely doubled, like, if not more. You know, the EA obviously makes very quality games that people really enjoy, and to now suddenly just have those included, that's crazy. Now, EA Play was only $5 as it was to begin with, 
But just again, getting down that barrier of entry and throwing that in there. Plus now we're entering a new console generation where, I mean, we just talked about all these uh, payment plans and all that and Xbox is really pushing for Game Pass. That is their way to go. You suddenly now throw in all these other games that people maybe missed out on if you're coming to consoles after having not played video games for a few years. Maybe you skipped the last generation. I mean, that that's an insane value. I mean, and again, I'm surprised EA chose to do that. EA just being EA always wants all the money all the time that they can possibly get, which of course every company does, but um, just interesting. I think that they're uh, <laughs> allowing that to be a thing, but hey, it's there. Microsoft continuing to make moves to transition themselves from that hardware console company to really changing the Xbox brand to be focused on a service brand. Like it, it's just insane. It's happening before everybody's eyes. And a lot of people aren't even realizing it, that it's happening. It's pretty wild. Um, let's see the other big news story from yesterday, of course, was the call of duty black ops, cold war multiplayer reveal. Um, unfortunately, again, like I said, it was crazy at work yesterday. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole reveal, but I did watch a uh, little bit of gameplay footage that was put out there and the trailer they put out. Um, the, uh, multiplayer is taking place years after the events of the original Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War campaign. So it is going to be a little bit different in that case, but you are going to go in, you're going to pick kind of a a, uh, a group you want to be a part of. So like the CIA, the KGB, you're actually going to kind of align yourself with one of these groups. It's going to have, again, a cre uh, character creator mode. So you're kind of creating your characters in there. Um, the gameplay looks a lot like Call of Duty Black Ops 4, where it's very fast and fluid, so it's getting a little bit quicker compared to Modern Warfare. However, some of the gameplay is being somewhat compared to that of Modern Warfare um, and that you're not healing yourself like you did in Black Ops 4. If you remember in that game, you actually had a manual heal. Um, everything is very like vibrant, very bright. Uh, the trailer itself, I would definitely tell you to go ahead and give it a, a watch if you can. They showed um, different uh, uh, maps kind of jumping around there was a forest map there was one map that you almost like you were thinking you were in like Miami Vice with all the neon and the colors kind of all over the place and very very cool and on top of that it is running in you know just ridiculous resolution on these new consoles i think all the footage you see in the uh trailer was uh gameplay footage running on a PS5 um the game is coming out November 13th a uh, couple new game modes. There was some uh, VIP mode that they're putting in there. It's uh, six on six. You're kind of escorting this VIP, uh, which kind of seemed like it was a, a pretty neat mode. It's called VIP Escort. Uh, another mode that they had was a um, something called Firefight, where it's like 40 players in this match. I guess it's focusing on uh, different objective bits to the warfare. Um, these quad teams are going to basically, there's different ways to respawn and it's objective based. So I don't know if you're capturing different objectives around the map. I haven't actually watched any footage of that, um, but that's pretty exciting. So it's not necessarily war zone where you have 150 people running around, um, but it is more of a, 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 a shorter mode with respawns and you're just kind of battling. I mean, and, I mean, just that's the thing about Call of Duty. And I know we've talked about it before here on the show, but like that game just continues to evolve as every iteration comes out like if you just want to if you're just a guy who loves or a person who loves call of duty and you love that gameplay every year it's something different unlike a game like madden or the sports games or it's really just roster refreshes sure there's a couple new modes kind of thrown in there but in the end it's the same like call of duty really does change itself every year obviously gives you an amazing campaign which 
of course, we didn't get that one year with, with Black Ops 4, but you didn't need it because we got Warzone. We got the Battle Royale, something that completely changed the game, something new to the game that had never been there before, and it played very different than any other aspect of Call of Duty. Um, I don't know. I just always give them credit for that, and and they it seems like they always get heat because they're always the forerunners for microtransactions and things like that, and I understand that, and, and the community... It can be very toxic. Let's put it that way. It, it is definitely a concern. Uh, I know when when people play these games, but um, you know it always never ceases to amaze me. You know, and I mean part of that is because it is always different teams making every single one of those games, right? It's always this this life cycle of two three year development cycles, and so they constantly can have these games in development being made by different companies and that's why they're all really very very different but uh launching november 13th um as usual i'm sure i'll be jumping in i always get get the call of duty now my son had been talking about he wants to get a series s which kind of surprised me when he said that i was like really he's like oh yeah yeah i think i want to get it um he's been cutting my parents grass so he's got all kinds of money now so he thinks he's mr Moneybags. Uh, he's been doing that all throughout the pandemic in the summer so my mom my mom crazily has been paying him 20 bucks a week which is like man bud you're that's a lot of money so he, he has this hole burning in his pocket, and uh, he wants to get a Series S. So part of me, I think we're going to let him jump in and go ahead and do it. He's always played it on PlayStation, Call of Duty. Him and I have always kind of split it, but I think he's going to jump over there because it's cross-play again, and it's even going to be cross-gen, which is awesome. So any platform you're playing on, you're just going to be able to play it, um, which I think is, is uh, fantastic. So um, let's shift gears here and move over to... I mean, we're talking all video games, but there was a big, big movie trailer that did drop yesterday as well, and that is for Dune. That's right. The first official Dune trailer has dropped. We've had some screenshots out there, things like that. I know Chris and I talked about when there were some of those original set pictures and things coming out um, that he, you know, remembers back in the day, the older movies and and enjoying those for as, you know, kind of cheesy as they were, Um, but this is kind of supposed to be what many people are claiming, almost like what Peter Jackson did with uh, Lord of the Rings. That's kind of what this is. That uh, the director here, Dennis Villeneuve, <laughs> we're just gonna say Dennis. We're gonna stick it with Dennis. He is a French Canadian director, which you think me, uh, you know, being French Canadian Turcotte, that I should be able to say his name here. But um, he's an Oscar-winning uh, director. He's the one that did Arrival. He did Blade Runner 2049. So if you're going to pick anybody to do a Dune movie, this is probably the guy, right? This is the one you want making this movie. I mean, Blade Runner 2049 is incredible. Arrival, the visuals, and just everything about that movie was incredible. This is it. And when you watch this trailer, wow, this movie looks awesome. Looks awesome. I mean, they set it to just an awesome awesome song it was uh what eclipse by pink floyd kind of playing in the background and it just looks so i don't know like gives you this feeling of uh, i don't want to say weirdness but you just get that sci-fi where things seem like they should be normal but they're not but it also has a feeling of just that epicness to it um you know, it ends with this like massive sandworm coming out of the ground. And you could tell there's there's friction between a lot of the characters here in this world. And I'll be honest, like I don't know a lot about the story of Dune. And so I'm almost kind of excited about that. I, I actually, the beginning of the summer, I, I might have even talked about it here on the show, was getting set um, to start maybe reading. I actually downloaded the um, the sample off uh, Goodreads or, or on my Kindle. And um, it just, I don't know, I didn't stick with it. 
And so my feeling, and this this actually happened with Lord of the Rings, was I went and saw Fellowship of the Ring and then couldn't wait, you know, the year for The Two Towers to come out. And so I just went ahead and just read the whole series. And then I was caught up. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen here. I'm probably going to watch this movie because it is supposed to be, I think, two films, right? I think it's what this is going to be. Going to see this movie and then be like, oh my God, I love this universe. I love these characters. I need to read these books and then go read the books. Because for some reason, like when I, and, and this even happened with Game of Thrones, which unfortunately I haven't read all the books for that. But like once I see the characters and then I'm reading the book, I can put a face to those characters and it's easier for me to read it almost, you know, because you know the names, you, you can picture those actors as those characters. Doesn't happen all the time. I mean, sure, I, I've read books and had no problems, you know, doing that. But it always just for me and something like this on, the, on an epic scale it just adds a little bit more to it. It's like reading The Expanse. You know, when I read Leviathan Wakes, the first book in that series, same thing. Saw the show. Then when it comes over to reading the book, you picture those actors as those characters, and it just kind of adds a little bit to it for myself. Um, I don't know what that says about me as a reader, but it's just it's something that I kind of enjoy out of my books. So I have a feeling the same thing is going to happen here with Dune is we're gonna I'm going to see this movie and then be like, all right, now I can read the book and, and, and I'm going to understand a little bit more of what's going on and then get a lot more out of the book from that read rather than I, if I would have if I just read it now not having seen the series. But go watch that trailer. This thing is going to be a juggernaut, I think, when it comes out. I think it's going to be huge. It's releasing on December 18th, so it's like a perfect winter movie. This will probably be, I've talked about it before, it always like every Star Wars movie, my dad and my brother-in-law, we always go to like the late showings and then I'll usually go with the family. I have a feeling this is going to be that again. I'm definitely going to be probably going to see this with my dad and brother-in-law on a Thursday night on opening night and then getting to go with the family if they even want to see it. Like I don't even, my wife, I, I almost, I haven't shown her the trailer yet, but this may be one of those things that might be a little too sci-fi for her. Like she may not want to see this, um, but just knowing the impact that this series has had on sci-fi writers all over, um, I really have a feeling that this is probably going to be um, something pretty epic that's going to be a, a big hit uh, for sure. Um, and finally today, guys, let's talk about some other kind of big news that came out. And that is that The Walking Dead is officially ending in late 2022. That's right. They've uh, officially revealed that season 11 will be the final season of The Walking Dead, um, which I I have not watched like the last two or three seasons. I mean, I used to always be a Walking Dead. I mean, this was a show that I just loved. I mean, my wife was in it for like the first five or six seasons, and then she kind of fell off. But it was one of those things where we would watch it, but she would just be on her phone the whole time. But And then, you know, she was really kind of watching it in the background and then would come in every once in a while. There was like a moment like, what? What the hell are they? Oh, God, they killed so-and-so. And um, so, but, but I kind of fell off, and it kind of got to the point where um, – and I guess this is even kind of why Robert Kirkman ended the comic series is it was just like, it's just kind of the same thing. You know, they, they defeat a group and then they move on and find another group that's evil. And it just, I don't know, it got to the point where I just, nothing really new was happening and I could be wrong. And I, you know, I had some people saying like, oh my God, why aren't you watching this? This is the best season it's ever been. Not this season, but a couple seasons ago. Um, but I, I don't know. I just kind of lost the drive to continue watching the show. Um, and actually, I think it was, I stopped watching right before Rick left the show. I'm just going to kind of put it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, so late 2022, going to be ending. Uh, I guess October 4th is going to be the season 10 finale here coming up in about a month. And then um, they're going to have, uh, I guess, some bonus seasons and then, um, or some bonus episodes. And then early, those are going to air early in 2021. And then, uh, of course, we'll get the 2022 um, 
wrap. So I guess there's 31 episodes left right now. Now, on top of that, um, what Fear the Walking Dead is going to be entering its season six. There's a new show also debuting on October 4th called The Walking Dead World Beyond. And then they said in 2023, they're going to be doing a show with Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride. That's Daryl and Carol are getting their own show. So The Walking Dead's really not going anywhere. The 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 standalone Walking Dead show is, but if you're a Walking Dead fan, fear not. Don't even fear The Walking Dead because you're going to get a lot of Walking Dead here still to come. So you're uh, in good hands, I guess, if you're a Walking Dead fan, that everything's going to be cool. It's going to be all right. You're still going to get your zombie fix if that's what you want, but... You know, I, I would almost wonder how much uh, even Kirkman kind of had a hand in, in this with him wrapping up the comic. Like, had he not wrapped up the comic, would this have still been going on? Who knows? Uh, but, uh, hey, what, what a very impactful show when you think about it. I mean, The Walking Dead really brought comic book series, even though, sure, we had the, the MCU kind of running and all that at the time, um, really showing that there's other things besides superheroes that you can base a, a, a television series on out of comic books. So I think The Walking Dead really was kind of a forebear for that. And it's... Uh, Pretty awesome, all the success that that show has had. And uh, very, definitely some epic moments through the years that they've been able to uh, bring to Sunday nights for people to start their weeks uh, in some uh, just gore and some shocking water cooler moments for sure. But uh, all right, let's wrap it up there, everybody. Thank you here for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to help support the show, you can find that link down in the show notes to our Patreon uh, and, uh, of course, get early access to our patron-only podcast, get your chance to be on that show, and, of course, get exclusive ask access to our patron-only Discord, which we uh, continued a lot of conversation yesterday about uh, Next Gen and, of course, the upcoming football season. We've been talking all about that in there. Uh, but we got one more show for this week, so, again, uh, you know, join me tomorrow. We will wrap it all up. And don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Turk. That's M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And, of course, you can email the show at TheEnthusLife at gmail.com. So until tomorrow, everybody, have a great night. Have a great day. And until then, we'll catch you next time.